This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retailanywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retailanywhere. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Volvo's EV lineup is starting to take shape, and it's the shape of those vehicles that has dealers excited. More on that later. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. We'll start with February U.S. sales. Volumes are expected to be down overall, but the Korean brands all had good news to report this morning. Kia ticked up 2.2% in February, ending a six-month streak of declining sales. Meantime, over at affiliate Hyundai, U.S. deliveries rose 8.5%. Hyundai says it was the brand's best February of retail sales, and it did not have any fleet sales for the second straight month. The Genesis luxury brand continued its hot streak with sales surging 45% from a year earlier. Overall, light vehicle sales are projected to fall 10 to 11%. That's according to forecasts from Cox Automotive, True Car, JD Power, and LMC Automotive. The seasonally adjusted annualized rate of sales for February is expected to come in at 14.1 to 14.4 million, down from 15.2 million in January. For full sales coverage all day long, stay locked on autonews.com. Turning to the situation around Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Volvo says it has suspended vehicle shipments to Russia until further notice. Volvo exports vehicles from plants in Sweden, China, and the U.S. to Russia. The automaker sold only about 9,000 vehicles in the country last year. Meanwhile, Volkswagen Group has reportedly suspended delivery of vehicles to Russian dealerships as well. Separately, the VW Group is losing EV production at plants in Germany because it isn't getting electrical cable harnesses usually produced in Ukraine. And Stellantis has set up a pair of task forces, one to conform with any sanctions against Russia and one to monitor its staff in Ukraine. CEO Carlos Tavares says the company's business in Russia earned about $22 million last year. As of the latest update, Stellantis says its staff in Ukraine were all safe. Separately, the company is planning to announce its long-range plan later today. Some news from the West Coast. Luxury electric vehicle maker Lucid has slashed its production forecast for the year. The company blaming, quote, extraordinary supply chain and logistics challenges. Lucid expects to produce 12,000 to 14,000 vehicles this year. That's down from a previous goal of 20,000. The California automaker delivered 125 cars to customers last year. A little further up the coast, Cruise GM's self-driving car company has named founder Kyle Vogt its permanent CEO, He had been interim chief since Dan Ammon left the company in December. Vogt founded Cruise in 2013. General Motors bought it three years later. In other news, Toyota will resume output at its Japanese factories on Wednesday. The automaker idled all 14 of its plants today in its home country after one of its key suppliers was hit by a cyber attack. 
Toyota says it will take a week or two for the company to sort out the hack. In the meantime, it's using a workaround to get operations back up and running. Okay, if you didn't read about this on the final assembly page of this week's automotive news, you got to hear about this story. Buzz Aldrin, the second man to walk on the moon and the last surviving member of the Apollo 11 crew, wanted a 2022 Lincoln Nautilus. Aiming to get it delivered in time for his 92nd birthday on January 30th, he ordered it in October. But his order sat unproduced for months amid the semiconductor shortage. Former Ford CEO Jim Hackett got word of the situation. He notified Lincoln President Joy Filatico, and Lincoln prioritized Aldrin's vehicle. Workers at the Oakville Assembly Plant in Ontario hustled to get it made. They even added a special touch, a custom plaque inside the vehicle that reads, especially made for Buzz Aldrin by Oakville Assembly Plant employees. Mission accomplished. And that's the news you need to know. Volvo has committed to going all-electric by 2030. What's it going to have to offer? It told dealers about its plans last week. More after the break. As online experiences have continued to evolve, it's clear dealers need an approach that will keep them in the business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. As you may have read in this week's automotive news, part of the reason EVs are growing in sales is because automakers are now making them in the most popular body styles. Some pickups, but also a variety of crossovers. For consumers, it's a welcome development from when choices were only super expensive luxury cars and super small runabouts. Volvo and its designers are all in on giving the market what it wants on the road to an electric future. Our Urvox Carcaria has all the details. Urvash, welcome back to Daily Drive. Hi, Jamie. Hello from Los Angeles this week. <laughs> You're always somewhere else. <laughs> so you had a closely watched scoop last week with some details about Volvo's product plans. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Volvo had its annual dealer meeting in Miami last week and where you know the automaker laid out its product roadmap for the next few years. The company showed, uh, you know, about 800 retailers from across the Americas, so from Canada to Argentina. Uh, so they sort of showed them several uh, new models and redesigned models. Uh, specifically, they were shown five battery electric models, including two crossovers, a sedan 
and two station wagon-like models, uh, which executives refer to as activity vehicles. Hmm. The EVs are expected to arrive by 2025. Uh, two of those electric crossovers will be built in the United States at Volvo's Charleston, South Carolina factory. And then dealers also saw the redesigned S90 and X6, XC90 hybrids. Those are plug-in hybrids, right? Plug-in hybrids, yes. So are the dealers enthusiastic about this uh, updated product plan? Yes, we spoke to several dealers and they basically said, you know, Volvo is nailing their product strategy. You know, their focus on electrification, their focus on crossovers, especially in a market like the United States. So they're extremely enthusiastic about the brand's future. Um, and, you know, they sort of talked a little about the design language uh, that, that Volvo is showing. Uh, the, the EVs, uh, you know, have a new front and rear lighting design. Uh, the, the, on the front, the, the headlights have this horizontal T-shaped design, which is sort of a modern spin on Volvo's signature Thor's hammer design. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the EVs were also sort of described as being sporty and low to the ground. And the, re, the way Volvo is, is achieving this, even for like a crossover, is because of the sort of the unique EV powertrain. The battery pack in these next generation electric vehicles sit under the flat floor, uh, which allows for sort of shorter front and rear overhangs and more interior space. Uh, the, the, the hood and the roof line is also lowered, uh, again, because uh, you know, there's no transmission, there's no engine, and that allows for improved aerodynamics without really affecting visibility for the, uh, for the, for the driver and the occupants. Uh, on the front, they've obviously gotten away with from the from the regular grill because there's no engine, so there's really no need to, mm -hmm. uh, to to sort of suck in air to cool the engine. Instead, it's a, a flat, uh, as they call it, shield-like design, which houses a whole number of sensors, cameras, not the lidar because they they've they've got a creative solution of where they are putting the lidar. It's going to be on top of the vehicle as opposed to in the in the sort of where the grill would be. Uh, but but the front of the vehicle sort of houses a number of sensors that are needed for, you know, obviously for the semi-autonomous driving capabilities down the road. Yeah, I mean, even just with the current level of technology, Volvo's been on the leading edge, so you you know they want to keep keep pushing it. One of the That's other things, is, yeah, and the dealers were also excited about some of the the sales projections. They're looking at uh, possibly doubling. Uh, average throughput to more like 800 vehicles per year. That's uh, that's correct. Something to get excited about. And it's again immediately directly tied to all this new product. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there's so much. Uh, there's going to be so much new product and so much excitement. Hopefully, uh, among consumers for the brand that they that they anticipate they'll be able to, uh, you know, sell all these vehicles. The question is, you know. Will the, will the supply chain shortage work itself out and will they be able to actually produce uh, or, or execute on these grand plans? Yeah, uh, supply is certainly an issue uh, for yeah. Volvo, it and uh, Pulse, it for everybody, but in particular on a, a strategic or almost even tactical level, Volvo and its affiliate Polestar uh, had intended to keep their EVs in, in central storage areas uh, would minimize, you know, inventory costs perhaps for dealers, but 
that doesn't really jive with Americans buying habits. And also when there's hardly anything to keep in stock, you don't really need to keep it right. somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, so Volvo sort of is moving towards, as they call it, the central stock model, um, you know, where instead of having uh, dealers buy the cars and floor plan them, they would just provide customer ordered cars on demand. And this sort of seemed like a great strategy before the supply chain um, uh, issue, but, uh, but we're, we're, we anticipate that, you know, supply chain, the inventory crunch is short term. But the other issue with the central stock model, and this is a unique issue to the US market, and, and that's the way we buy cars, unlike the Europeans, uh, we're not a very patient lot and we're not willing to wait weeks for a car. You know, we want a wide selection of cars and we want it now. So as a compromise, Volvo has switched uh, or now will switch to what it's called a consignment model versus a um, central stock model. So the majority of cars that the, that the dealers receive will still be customer ordered cars. However, they will be given a few cars, maybe five to 10 cars per store. And we're talking just EVs here, uh, to sort of satiate the impulse buyer uh, or to you know, uh, maybe, uh, help with test drives because the dealers have expressed a concern about the central stock model saying, you know, this might put them at a competitive disadvantage to say the Mercedes or the BMW dealer down the lot when they have 300 vehicles, you know, for a customer to, to choose from and drive away with. So, you know, Volvo has, has sort of made a compromise uh, on this front. Yeah, very interesting. So, Irvok, one last question uh, before I let you go. Can you, you know, just step back a little. You know, Volvo is really racing ahead on this electrification EV uh, strategy and electrification strategy. They have been really one of the first established brands to kind of stick a, a, a flag in the ground and say, you know, we're electrifying our entire lineup, which created some confusion because electrify yeah. really just means like hybridize. Uh, but then last year they said, no, we're going all electric by 2030. How's that all sort of played out? Yeah. So Volvo is basically going all in on EVs, unlike some of its European luxury competitors like BMW and Porsche, which are taking more of a, a wait and see approach, more of a hybrid approach, so to speak. And uh, Volvo's, I guess Volvo's uh, theory is that their, their big markets in China and Europe are definitely headed in that direction. So they might as well uh, you know, embrace it now rather than take a piecemeal approach. Uh, the question becomes, what does this mean for their U.S. market where EV um, adoption is a lot slower? And this, this gamble of going all electric uh, you know, may or may not pay off in, uh, in the United States market. The, the jury is still out on that front. Most definitely. Urvaksh Karkaria, thank you so much for joining me on Daily Drive again. Thank you, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get all the news on EV designs and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your workday routine. Now, let's all get back to work.